Hey, bud. Hey, buddy. Since we're going to start over and redo it, welcome to PG Rated, the podcast where we watch bad movies and try to get each other hate what we've picked. That's Paul and I'm Gabe. Oh, you switched it up a little bit. So yeah, what's going bit. on, buddy? You you made me watch a movie I, I very much enjoyed. Uh, this movie wasn't that bad. I thought it was going to be really shitty. Just the concept of it. Uh, you know, how great can a train movie be? Um, I, I, I remember liking Source Code, which this felt like Source Code without the future. And a lot more trains. And without Russell Peters. Noted comedian Russell Peters. <laughs> Wait, he's in that movie? Yeah, yeah, he is. I don't think I've ever seen that movie. It's good. I remember it being good, but then it was like, oh, you've done too much. Wait, we're not here to talk about source code. Also, by the way, that stars Vera Farmiga. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, one of the many, many stars of this movie. So, okay. We chose The Commuter. I chose The Commuter because I'm a big fan of Liam Neeson uh, before today. <laughs> Well, so I Liam Neeson about myself right yeah, now. Coming coming out coming out Friday. This was this was a timely episode because he's got a new movie coming out Friday where he's playing a um, snowplow driver out for revenge, and I, I'm pretty sure that's partially why you picked this. And yeah, and in real life, he's apparently a, a racist driven by revenge. And well, you know, um, let's just come out and say we are 100 percent against. Liam Neeson's message of racially driven murder. Uh, <laughs> I went against it when Mark Wahlberg did it with that Vietnamese fellow, and I'm going to do it now again with Liam Neeson. Um, I'm not sure what the point of Liam Neeson telling that story was today. <laughs> I don't know either. For, for, for those who haven't heard the news, Liam Neeson, in a press junket for Cold Pursuit, talked about how a woman that he was friends with was raped by a black man and he walked around for at least two weeks hoping a black man would hassle him so he could murder him. (laughs) Yeah, out of revenge. Out of revenge against all blacks. I don't... How? What what I want to know is when did this happen? Did this happen like two years ago or did this happen when he was like a brash young man that was an so, excuse i read the article and he was talking about because he was over in northern uh ireland during the troubles and all that so like i'm pretty sure listen when you were living over there at that time like you could blow up at any moment like everyone had to be pretty tense but to be fair like how many black people were walking around northern ireland at that time you know i was in regular old island uh, ireland um I thought I saw maybe seven black people the entire two weeks I was there. And this is 2018. I saw more literal leprechauns than I did black people in Ireland. Jesus Christ. Okay, so let's not touch this topic because before you know it, we're going to get into something and we're going to become No, no, we, we condemn his message of just vile <laughs> hatred towards all black people. I can I can understand if he said I was going to kill the rapist. Yes, That's fine. of course. But he was walking around. I assume a seven foot Irishman just bumping into black people that he saw, <laughs> like hoping, just like shoulder shivying him. Okay, one time a fat guy. 
bumped into me in the streets and I dropped the food that I was eating, that doesn't mean that I'm going to go after every fat person from now on. That's true, because then we wouldn't have this podcast. You would have murdered me. <laughs> I would have been upset because I dropped my fucking chicken nuggets one day. Right. If so this is a really timely, really timely episode. I'll plan it. But the universe is good to me sometimes. Now, I will say this. I really enjoyed the movie, and we'll get into it. But there is a whole lot of nonsense in this movie. So, like, when you watched this movie and it came out Lionsgate, did you automatically think this could be really good or really, really shitty? Well, that's the... This, I mean, in my mind, this was just taken on a train, which it kind of is. Except he's a less experienced, like, fight. He, he's, he's supposed to have no fighting experience, however... He sure has some because no, because he was a cop. They established that, so cops fight. Man, I know cops. They don't know fucking karate moves. <laughs> I know one cop that definitely doesn't know karate moves. Yeah, I, the cop I know is not throwing anyone out of a train. Uh, the cop I know is also the cop that you know. Okay. So. Yeah. By the way, just get this out of the way. Liam Neeson does murder a black man in this movie. <laughs> We'll get to it, but uh, it's pretty great, and the way he does it is pretty amazing. And I, so, yeah, we'll get to it because that's that's certainly a scene we have to talk about. All right, so this starts off establishing, like, you know, Liam Neeson's life. He has a kid. He has a wife who's way too old for him. I I feel like well, Liam Neeson certainly shows his age in this movie. Like he looks old, and at some points. He likes to listen to 1010 Wins. Yeah, so the movie starts with him. It's like Groundhog Day, where he keeps waking up to the same alarm clock at the same time. Same thing going on, 6 o'clock every day. And then Wesley shows like him arguing with his wife. And then him, like, I guess it's supposed to be you're a regular person, but like it gets like, it's like, oh, I shouldn't be watching this argument. Did you have this question that I had when he was giving his kid books? Was he assigning his kids for like, Book reports? Man, if Liam Neeson's my dad, again, six foot seven Irishman that can fucking chop you to death. Yeah, I'm reading those books. Whatever you want, yeah, Dad. Why was he putting like why was he giving like, you know, reading assignments? Uh, I mean, I get, maybe he homeschooled his son. I don't there's a whole lot of things not answered in this movie. So he w- lives in upstate New York, and I guess he commutes on the Metro North every day down to Grand Central, which a lot of people do, I guess. And he has a very unassuming job, which I had <laughs> this is incredible to me, and makes no sense that he would travel all the way to New York City to do this. He's a life insurance salesman? He's just a regular life insurance salesman. He works in, he works in New York City. Um, and uh, he's, he's trying to make sales, and he gets called in the office, and you know where it's going from here. Oh, Owen's joining us. Oh, Owen, yes. Um, yeah, he goes in there, and in my notes, I have, oh, man, they put Liam Neeson on hard times, daddy. <laughs> a computer took your job, daddy. A computer literally did take his job. Yes, well, uh, th- they kind of admit to ageism, don't they? Oh, yeah, you're too old, and your yeah, benefits Liam are too Neeson, much. Liam Neeson certainly has a lawsuit on his hands. What I like is that they don't give him a severance package. They just give him more health insurance. <laughs> Which I guess makes sense. But also it establishes that Liam Neeson is in need of money. Even right after he gets fired, he walks out and his wife calls him and she's like, we have to give your son money for college. And he's like, I'm so poor. Apparently he has like no money sense at all whatsoever. Well, it's incredible. He, he talks about it later that like he's on a second, he took out a second mortgage and 
the financial uh, downturn I really hurt him a couple of years ago. I would have told that kid, sorry, you can't go to college. I'm not taking out a second mortgage on my house. He's no. just trying to provide for his family, man. Oh, because he was a poor guy that came from Ireland? That's what he says. Like, like literally, like, he was coming to the what? turn of the century. I just came by myself with five wolf and became a cop. <laughs> now I just want a, a real-life version of five wolf with Liam Neeson playing him. Like a precocious cat? <laughs> so, he says he says he was five years from retirement, which is horrible. It made me so it made me feel so sad. Then he goes to a bar where you find out he's a cop because he's at a cop bar. Now I would say what I wanted, I what I wanted from. Oh my goodness! Hey, buddy. What I wanted from um, this movie was him to walk in to be fired, and George Clooney and uh, the girl from Twilight to be in there and to fire him. Like it's an up in the air, like in the universe. <laughs> what I wanted was him to go into this bar, and Norm Peterson was there. That's good. He does go to a, a, a very Irish bar. That's apparently a cop bar, and um, yeah, what's his name? One of the watch Patrick Wilson. Up. Yes, Patrick. Oh, Patrick Wilson, also known as Ocean Master. I haven't seen the movie. Oh, he! I was I was so excited to see him. Uh, so yeah, Patrick Wilson's there, and they're talking, and he's and Liam Neeson's trying to get his drunk on, and it turns out they reveal that Liam Neeson is a former. Um, was he a detective or just a cop? He was a detective. And he had a it partner. doesn't explain. And then um, I guess the commissioner walks in, which is Jurassic Park's Sam Neill. I know. I got so excited when I saw it. Um, really? Sam Neill got you excited? Yeah, I saw Sam Neill and I was like, I was like 100% certain that Sam Neill was the bad guy in this movie. Well, we'll get there. We'll get there because so was I. Like, right? Yes. Like, he just looks like an asshole when he walks in. He does. Well, you know. But apparently he became commissioner after Liam. Did Liam Neeson quit or did he get fired? Yeah, he quit. So, he, yeah, he quit and then he was poor and he became a life insurance salesman in the city. I don't know. Yeah. None of it really and Sam, blood, Sam Neill was too busy scaring kids about how <laughs> raptors could destroy their lives and, like, rip open their bellies. <laughs> so, literally, right – this is – I believe this all happens the same day. Liam Neeson yes. explains the situation to Patrick Wilson. And, uh, he's like, Patrick did you? He's like, all right, well, I know you're poor, but sorry, man, that really sucks. And then everybody kind of goes their separate ways. And Sam, no, Neal he goes, did over. you tell your wife? And he's like, no, of course not. What am I, an idiot? If I get fired, I'm not going to tell like my wife over the phone. I also wouldn't. I don't know if I would just go drink with my degenerate cop friend. Yeah, that's what I'm doing first. I'm definitely showing up drunk. Oh, you think so? Yeah, no, I'm terrible when it comes to like being a real adult, so I'm handling this like Liam Neeson. I I'd go home immediately, completely. especially if I have a fucking long-ass commute. I'd try to beat that commute rush. Alright, that's a good point. Maybe I, get, maybe I get hammered at the local bar. Yeah, so he gets on the train, and apparently every time he goes on the train, there's the regulars there. And who's one of these regulars? Uh, I can't the only regular you would you would know because none of the other, they don't I don't they don't give the other regulars fucking names. This one's his name is Walt. By it's, the way, did you catch that? Yeah, it's Mike Ermintrout. Yeah, it's Mike Ermintrout. Mike Ermintrout's just riding this train. He's and they established that they know each other earlier. Owen, you're going to close the door on your fingers. Stop it. 
when my son starts screaming during this podcast, it's because he has realized that he can open and close doors. It's this is terrifying. Oh my god, he's like the Raptors from Jurassic Park. That it's exactly what it is. So yeah, like Mike Ehrman Trout is apparently on this train and he just like every time he talks to like Liam Neeson, he just talks about how he's slowly waiting for death. Yeah, no, he's he he hates himself. Um and nothing else is established. There like there's other people that Liam Neeson clearly knows, but like Yeah, there's Tony, who I thought was the I thought he was Booger from <laughs> Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, no one else in this movie besides one other person that shows up at this point is anyone you would know. No, no one is. No. So you get your cast of characters. You have also Liam Neeson's is friends with the conductors. No fucking way. The conductor was the the original police chief from uh, the Batman, the Dark Knight movies. Yeah, I did see that. Which... Okay, so what this movie like kind of posits is that like if you're a commuter every day, you become friends. Yeah, I have like people I see on my same commute every day, but I don't become friends with them. I buy it. I buy it. It's a long commute on the train. People get. I get it. People save seats when they see people they know. I'm buying. I'm buying. I'm buying. It. I I think I'd be friends with Mike Armand Trout. Yeah, you old two older guys just wait trying to get through the next five years to retire. Yeah, well, Mike's just waiting for life to die, like for him to kill himself. Um, so, so they they give you your cast of characters. You basically just have like a real New York guy. You have a young girl who oh, looks like dude. her boyfriend beats her up. You the fucking accents and this is ridiculous, you man. Have a, you have a Wall Street guy. The accents in this movie is atrocious because, like, they're like establishing everyone's New York, but like they give them like the most fucking New York accents ever. It looks like a fucking bunch of mozzarella is gonna walk like fly out of their mouth. <laughs> Unfortunately, no one in this movie says gabagool. Oh my god, it's like ridiculous, dude. It was crazy. It's like everyone's from Bensonhurst. Um. So yeah, you got your regulars, and then. Like as so after he meets with Patrick Wilson and Sam Neill at the bar, he goes to get on the commute home to go tell his wife, and he waits till rush hour. So he sees all the regulars, and um, as he's getting on, uh, all of a sudden he gets on. And he realizes his phone's gone, but he's like, "Fuck it, um, I just need to go home at this point." Well, no, like he realizes his phone is gone, but as he's realizing it, the train is pulling out the station. So. Whatever. He's like, it is what it is. He can't do anything. Uh, he finds Walt, Mike Armantrout, who's just like, you know, I guess planning his next move after fucking New Mexico. And he goes, Walt, Walt goes, oh, look over there. You should go talk to that woman. She's just talking to you. They clearly know each other's married. They're just dirty old men that like to talk to ladies, apparently. Which I I buy whatever I know. Listen, a bunch of if if the two if the two of us are on a train and we're sixty something years old and there's a pretty lady staring at me at one of us in the distance, the other ones turn to the other one and say, "Hey, you should go talk to that lady." I'd be the I'd be the instigator, aren't I? I if she's staring at you, I'd be like, "Gabe, go go talk to her. Maybe she'll promote our podcast." <laughs> she would go, "Please uh, tell everyone on Instagram." Well, that's what I do. That's my pickup line. Look at what my girlfriend does for me right now. That's right. That's right. Yeah, she's um, a PG-rated number one fan. She sure is, and and it's uh, it, it's appreciated. Uh, so, so they go their separate. They still end up going their separate ways because there's no seats on the train. One of the carts does not have AC, which is important. 
Eventually, yeah. That's how they yeah, that's how they keep an empty cart. So Liam Neeson gets on this train and then he sees a suspicious guy jump on with a bag and then he's sitting there and the pretty lady walks up to him. Yeah, he's trying to read like a book. I I don't remember what it was. Wuthering Heights, I think it was. So he's like reading it and this lady just sits down. I swear to God, I had no idea who this woman was. So I just thought it was Kristen Wiig. No, no, she's from the she department. Looks, she looks like Kristen Wiig, dude. Vera Farmiga? Yeah. You're wrong. No, I'm not. I guess she could look like Kristen Wiig's mom. I, I don't think she looked that old in this movie. No, I guess not. The Maybe sport. I just assumed it was Kristen Wiig because they're in New York and I just feel like SNL people are just coming up everywhere. By, by the way, have you ever seen any of the Conjuring movies? Yes, I have. Both Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga in, no, in those movies as well. I also thought that was Kristen Wiig in those movies. <laughs> I'm also a big fan of those movies. Uh, I, they're well done, but uh, not, not crazy about them. So she sits down and she starts talking to him. Like, you know... Um, I guess happens sometimes. I would never just speak to a random person on the train. No, like, not me. I go to places specifically so I don't have to talk to people when I'm not at work. Yeah, I'd also be reading a book that I don't want people to come talk to me. Like, if I'm reading a book, obviously I don't want to talk to anyone. That's why I keep headphones in most times in public transportation situations. But that's why I'm, when I'm on the train, I read a big copy of Mein Kampf so people don't come talk to me. <laughs> Actually, the way things are going now in this country, you get may get more people looking to talk to you. Uh, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, you might as well be reading the Art of the Deal. That's basically going to be the next generation's Mein Kampf, right? <laughs> the, maybe you should read like the Anarchist Cookbook. <laughs> <laughs> just on the train. I just I just wear a big, really long leather jacket, reading the Anarchist Cookbook. I look like the guy from Grandma's Boy, JP. <laughs> Talk with a robot voice. Mm, um, hello. I really like the Unabomber. <laughs> the Unabomber would be better if he had metal legs. <laughs> Timmy McVay, not the guy from Nibbler. <laughs> robot legs. Oh, oh, oh wow, that's that's a reference only you and I get. Good thing we don't have that many listeners. Yeah. Anyway, so anyway, anyway, so she starts talking to him, and he's like, "Wow, this is weird." And then she starts like being real cryptic, like. She gives him, like, a scenario, like, a weird, like, mind game. Mm. And she's like, all you have to do is do this one thing and you can make a lot of money. You just have to identify one person with one bag and use your skills. Go into the cart and go into the bathroom and hidden in there is $25,000 and you'll get $75,000 afterwards. And I'm just, like, thinking, holy shit. But... She was, like, serious about it, and I guess Liam Neeson, like, immediately believes her and runs to this bathroom. Well, you know, he's desperate, so he runs to the bathroom, and he, it, it takes him a second, but he finds where the money's hidden. Who goes to a bathroom on a public commuter train? If you have that long a commute, I mean, no way, dude. You gotta use it right before you leave the office? Whoa. He had been drinking. He had, he, had he had been drinking, man. Oh, you think he was just going number one? I mean, he was going to get the money, but sure, you don't go to in a public commuter train. No, that's, that's what like I'm going saying. to in an airplane. You just can't do it. Oh, I do it all the time. In an airplane? Yeah, I don't care. That's horrifying. Why? Why is that horrifying? What is this it's for? Gross. Now I'm picturing taking a shit in an airplane, just in Sometimes the tiny you, little room. You do what you got to do, man. 
Oh, I'll take do it before you get out. First of all, you don't do it at the airport at all. You try and get it out of the way. No, that's how you get like international diseases. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, you yeah. would be reading Mein Kampf anyway. <laughs> anyway, so she tells him all this. She gets off the train. She disappears. Um, and now he finds his money, and then he starts looking for a suspicious person. But at the same time, he doesn't have a cell phone, so he's trying to get a cell phone. Well, first he goes to the conductor and he's like, hey, is there any way to tell who's going to Cold Spring? And, like, the conductor is telling him, like, yeah, you know, you, like, this real New York kid, he's a fucking newsie in real life. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, you know, you clip the tickets and it goes by zones. So you just look at what zone is uh, Cold Springs. And and he makes it seem like he's looking for a friend and the guy gets... No, he just... said he's looking for an online date. Well, he tells him an online date, which is actually a good good lie. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, it's a good lie. I'm sure as you're someone who online dated. I'm sure you, you could have used that in life. I mean, I wasn't going to meet up a girl on a commuter train. That's fucking weird. Yeah, that, that, that is very weird. But, you know, these things happen. Does it? <laughs> I'm sure, man. Listen. Dude, Liam Nielsen is just like, Neeson is just going around like, oh, man. Leslie Nielsen. They're just going around looking at uh, uh, Craigslist. Misconnection. Uh oh. I was on the the six fifteen to like Quomec or whatever. Uh oh. He doesn't approve of online dating. No, he's just annoyed. There you go. He's good now. He's playing with his Jets toy. Oh. Wait, Jets? Yeah, his his grandfather's a Jets fan. He gave him a Jets toy. Okay. Oh. oh. Fran is trying to corrupt his child. Yes, he is. It's it's not working. So. He's, I guess he's like, he, then he goes and tries to look for a phone. He calls a phone and he starts telling his, no, he tells his friends what happened or whatever. Oh, no. So when he finds, so is this when he, no. So he finds a phone and he starts like, um, call, and he calls Patrick Wilson. Yeah. And he's telling Patrick no, Wilson. No, 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 Wait, wait, no. He doesn't f- get the phone yet. Didn't he like? Wait, does he get the phone first? Yeah, and he tells Patrick Wilson just kind of like as a joke or whatever. He no, he tells Patrick Wilson. He's like, "Listen, this is what's going on. Um, this lady seems to know who I was. Can you send somebody to the house to make sure my family's good?" And he's like, "Yeah." They're, no, you know, wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. This is what happens. He takes the money, right? And then he's like freaking out. He's thinking he's just gonna leave, right? And then some little black girl comes up to him. And he's like, "Did you take the money?" And he goes, "What are you talking about?" And she's like, "She's like, listen, take this. It's a warning." And she runs away. And they give him his wife's wedding ring. Oh, that's right. That's right. So then he goes and gets the phone, and he tries to call Patrick Wilson, but it doesn't work. And now I don't want to spoil the ending, but the timeline here makes zero sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So Patrick Wilson, uh isn't able to like help him or whatever doesn't believe him so he goes and he tries to get mike ermintrout to help him so he's sitting down with mike ermintrout and he's writing on the newspaper help i need help get the police or whatever and he gives it to mike ermintrout but what you don't know and what uh lee neeson doesn't know is that there's spies all around this train so somebody looks at mike ermintrout getting this note and for some reason, Mike Ermintrout tells uh, Liam Neeson, hey, I'm getting off at this bar. 
in the middle of Harlem, by the way, and I'm going to go get a drink. <laughs> this old man, this old white man is going to go get a drink in the middle of Harlem? Again, I buy it. What, how, why do you buy it? Because the old white men don't give a shit. I feel like Mike Ehrmantraut's not hanging out by the Apollo Theater. I feel like if you took his character from Breaking Bad, I could see him hanging out in a black neighborhood. Eating a pimento sandwich? Yeah, sure. So, okay. So Mike Ehrmantraut finds it and he goes out. And then they call him again. They call the phone that Neil Mason borrowed. And they're like, listen, go look at this over here. Look at uh, the corner of MLK and Malcolm X, I guess. So he looks. And he looks outside and he sees Mike Ehrmantraut and some guy comes up, pushes Mike Ehrmantraut right into a bus. Yeah. By the way, how did they tra- time that so perfectly? They timed it so perfectly. They timed it so perfectly. Oh, what is up, man? Why are you yelling? Because he's upset Mike Ehrmantraut's dead. Yeah, I don't understand why he's yelling. What's going on, man? He just wants attention now. So, Mike Ehrmantraut is dead. Yeah, Mike Ehrmantraut's dead, and he's the only other recognizable person in this movie. Yeah, so now there's no one. Except Lee Neeson. And then the lady I thought was Kristen Wiig. But she's not even really in this movie anymore. <laughs> no, I know. So, so this they... is when he takes the phone, and then he asks them to go check on his wife. Yeah. So, he asks them to go check on the wife, and Patrick Wilson's like, yeah, you know what? There's actually a witness. For an, F- for an FBI case on that train. So Liam Neeson's like, shit, I guess everybody's telling the truth. I guess I'm going to find Prang. this person and murder them? No, I'm going to find this person and do something. I don't oh, know. Oh, no, he had to him. put a, a GPS tracker on her. Yeah, that's all he had to do. So he sees this uh, suspicious guy in the back of the train, and it's in between. It's where the, the cart is that the car is that has no air conditioning, so there's no one in it. So he goes in that car, and then he goes to the back, and like, they start fighting immediately. Well, no, he goes pring, and the guy goes, "What? What'd you say?" And then they start fighting immediately, like <laughs> immediately. And remember, Liam Neeson's the six-year-old ex-cop, and this fucking jacked, tatted-up dude, and they're just fucking Mortal Kombat fighting in this train. Yeah, it's incredible, and no one says anything. <laughs> no one like gets up. No one gets involved. No, no one can hear it. But then finally, Liam Neeson realizes he's gonna lose the fight, so he opens his way up. Um, in a chokehold. He's in a chokehold? Yeah, he's in a chokehold. And he opens the door up and he falls into the car where all the people are. And, and this conductor uh, comes up and he's like, no, he's okay. He's a regular. He's yeah, a he's, regular. He's everything's alright. You know, it was just a fight, whatever. So they break it up and then Liam Neeson goes back to look for this guy and he finds him dead. Yeah. Well, yeah, he finds him dead because apparently he made a, like, he made a mistake. So Liam Neeson's like freaking out. He finds him inside the cart, uh, the abandoned cart, and he's inside, like underneath the, the walls or whatever. It's weird. So Liam Neeson's like freaking out, and like this is what happens when you do something wrong like this. Uh, they call the dead guy's phone, and they're like, "This is your fault. This man is dead." Turns out he's an FBI agent. So Liam Neeson's like, "Oh, I'm fucked." And apparently now people are calling the police saying there's a violent individual in the in the train. So they're all looking for Liam Neeson, who hides underneath the train. He hides underneath the train on to- next to a dead body. 
Then Which... the tra- then the train starts to move again. Yeah. And at this point, regular ass Liam Neeson is now underneath the train with his nice little messenger bag because he's got seventy five thousand dollars in the messenger bag. No, twenty five thousand dollars. Sorry, but he's got multiple thousands of dollars in his messenger bag. He throws yeah. that. He throws that next to him, and then he rolls out underneath the train. And you might think, okay, he's gonna try and leave and get out of this. No, he runs next to the train and jumps back on. This man pulls a Mission Impossible. This is some Ethan Hunt shit. Yes, he jumps up. This old Irish man jumps up onto this train and gets in. Is this how no one? This saw is more him? impressive Ethan. than anything he did in any of the Taken films. How no one saw him is incredible. And then, like, the cops, the Terrytown police are all looking for him. He gets back on the train, and the conductor's just like, oh, I guess he's cool. Yeah, the conductor's like, like oh, yeah, I thought you were gone, because, you know, those cops wanted to arrest you. He's like, no, I, I ended up being okay. So they're like, oh, that's cool, then. <laughs> like, all right, man, take it easy. <laughs> like, that's literally what happened. So, yeah, so everything's fine, and nobody, and everybody gets, thinks this other guy got into a fight with is gone, so everything's fine. But then he starts acting crazy again. Liam Neeson? Yes. He goes insane. He's trying to find, like... Like, he's walking up and down this train so many fucking times. I'm freaking out if I'm on this train with this dude. He accosts, like, this, like, little, like... Not this little. He accosts, like, the Wall Street guy who literally tells him to go fuck himself. Yeah, he starts questioning the Wall Street guy, and the Wall Street guy is a big prick. And he starts questioning the Wall Street guy because the Wall Street guy had the ticket um, to Cold Springs in front of him. Yeah, and he literally says, fuck you, Goldman Sachs. Yeah, so Liam Neeson gets told to fuck off, right? So you think that's the end of it. But then Liam Neeson comes back and says, hey, fuck Goldman Sachs, and gives the finger. And that's the end of that scene. (coughs) Also, Liam Neeson has a nice conversation with this Indian woman. Do you know who that Indian woman was? Was she in Bird Box? Yeah. Okay. Dude, I'm so glad you identified it. Yeah, Yeah. it was the lady from Bird Box. Also, I just want to say one thing. Fuck Goldman Sachs. Yeah, that I don't understand what this movie was getting at. This movie was making weird statements. It was making it was making that it was making a weird statement at that point. Yeah. So, uh, what I don't understand is like he gets into a fight. He's got a nosebleed. He's talking to this fat Italian dude, Tony, who I thought was uh, I literally thought it was the guy from and uh from Revenge of the Nerds. I thought it was Booger. At least you didn't think it was fucking Mikey Palmisi again. Okay, first of all, it was Mikey Palmisi in that last movie. It was, but not in this one. No. So, I guess he was, like, trying to find, uh, he was trying to find, like, the bag or whatever. He has, like, he narrowed it down to the Wall Street guy, this Spanish nurse, this Latina nurse, this uh, black guy with a motorcycle. And and then a a guy that seems like a a fucking Russian. Yeah. Some weird Russian dude that actually ends up ends up being Southern. Yeah, it's crazy. It, the guy is Russian the entire movie until he starts talking to him. Was there one more person, or am I? Did I get everyone? No, he's got like nine suspects, but he starts narrowing it down, and he starts with the young girl that was having issues with her boyfriend, and he like rips open her. Well, no, no, no. First of all, he grabs a gun. Oh, he does. He has the FBI agent's gun, so there's a gun in play. There is a gun in play, but like, I don't think he he goes that extreme first. No, he doesn't. 
no, he's like trying to figure everything out. He can't find anything. Uh, then what happened was he tries to like get into the train. Remember, he lost all the money. Yeah. Oh, so when he was trying to get back onto the train, the bag got um, ripped open, and all the twenty the twenty five thousand dollars just went. What I don't understand is these people who are orchestrating this plan have so much like detail and so much precision. Why couldn't they just blow up this fucking train? The... Well, I mean, we'll get to that. Yeah. So this is the thoughts I was having in the movie. So then he's like trying to figure out who it is. He narrows it down. He thinks it's the black guy with a guitar case. So he brings the black guy in there and tries to like, you know, accuse him of it. Turns out black guy is one of the bad guys. He is the spy on the train. He takes out a guitar, and then Liam Neeson takes out an emergency axe that they use on the train. This is an axe versus a guitar fight. This is an axe battle, Paul, and because it... because that guitar is a sweet axe. And oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it was pretty amazing. And so the fight, like it, it goes on and on for like a minute, and they're fighting and. Liam Neeson. Well, like, Liam Neeson, like, apparently was, like, because he remembers, because when he got into that fight with the FBI agent, the black guy helped him up with his right hand, and then Liam Neeson, for some reason, deduced that the guy's guitar is a left-handed guitar, and he's like, yeah, but you use your right hand. That's a left-handed guitar. Well, he was, he was a former cop. It's fucking Sherlock Holmes. (laughs) (laughs) He was a former cop. But yeah, that and that turns out where they get into this ter- this fucking gigantic fight. Liam Neeson breaks open no no the guy the black guy breaks open the emergency window not by opening it but like punches it. Yeah, that's it's pretty amazing. Break his fucking hand. Yeah, but then Liam Neeson doesn't Liam Neeson throw him off the train like Liam that? Neeson flips him off into the like there's another train passing by, and Liam Neeson flips him out of the emergency exit. And obviously, he he gets hit by the passenger train. No blood whatsoever. Yeah, then Liam Neeson goes fucking crazy. Like, real crazy. Because they start getting to the end of the train. The, the station. And Liam Neeson goes, like, insane. And then he, he sits down. This gun. He sits down with the... Um, he sits down with the real New York guy. And then the other guy, who you think it is the entirety of the movie... The oh, they start playing they poker. Start, they start playing poker out of nowhere, and Liam Neeson cut, does this whole fucking monologue about how you're the only non-regular left on this train, and this is what. And he tells them what is going on, and then it turns out that one guy is a regular. He is a regular. He's he has, just never seen him because he has a monthly pass. Yeah, he has a monthly pass, and he's just wanted to ride it to the end of the the station this time. And that's when he finally figures out who the FBI person is. Yeah, the informant. Apparently, there's a witness on this train because uh, two cops killed someone, a city planner. Oh, yeah, that's like in the background of the movie the whole time. It really doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter because all this movie is is Liam Neeson beating people up on a train, which is amazing. So then Liam Neeson starts talking to this chick, and she's like, she's actually like acting way too cool for her life being in, in mortal danger. Well, yeah, he pulls out a gun. It also doesn't make any sense why the FBI would be like, yeah, take this commuter train to meet our agents. No, the fucking agents would show up wherever Wait, she was. We just, we just like, 
missed a major plot point. Apparently, Liam Neeson knows how to like sabotage his train, and he shuts off all the AC in all the cars. Oh and yeah, this way they all go into to one. Go to the last cart on the train. Yes, yeah, he he has a fucking great understanding of how this fucking train works because he rides it every day, Paul. I, I, I've ridden the Pat train a lot in my life. I wouldn't tell you how to sh- I couldn't tell you how to shut down the AC. This man is like the fucking guy from Thomas the Tank Engine. The guy with the fucking top hat. That's George. So much about trains. That's that's George Carlin. Sir Topham Hat? Oh no no no! George Carlin's a conductor. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I did know that actually. Oh yeah, the conductor was George Carlin. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe that. Yeah, it's insane. So, yeah. So, like, Liam Neeson gets everyone to the back of this car. Apparently, I don't understand this, but there's only, like, five people left on this train? Nine people. people? Yeah, nine people left on this train. It's a... No, there's no way, man. There's no way. There's got to be at least fucking, like, 30 people left on that train. So, but at this point... In real life. Liam Neeson starts telling everybody what's going on, and then... He, he waves a gun. Does he get a, Oh, so the, the phone he used before, he gets a phone call from Vera Farmiga or Kristen Wiig. And she's like, well, fuck you. You fucked up now. Guess what? You're all going to die. <laughs> and the brakes literally blow up on this train. Yeah, the brakes blow up on the train. They don't realize it. They, they don't realize I thought it. trains. Okay, I've watched enough train movies to know. Isn't there a dead man's brake? I don't know. Like. Aren't you supposed to be holding on to the brake the whole time if you're a train driver and then if you let go it automatically brakes? Well, they when the train when the brakes blow up, it kills the guy that's actually driving the train, not the conductor. I'm also getting most of my information from Throw Ma- Let's Throw Mama from a Train. I've never seen that movie. Please do no, not. That's pretty good. Please do not assign that. I won't. <laughs> um so yeah, they realize the guy driving the train is dead. So now the plan is because they're at 80 miles an hour and they're going to hit the end of the line. <laughs> they're literally in the movie Speed. Liam Neeson and um, Commissioner Loeb. Uh, <laughs> Commissioner Loeb! They, they decide that they have to separate the car that everyone's on from the rest of the train. And what you don't know is earlier, Commissioner Loeb made a joke. If the people on this train don't kill me, the train will. Well, guess what? Like, Everybody's like just looking forward to their death in this movie. So they, they know that they're gonna derail at this point, right? So they, well, they wait, wait, wait. Liam Neeson waves around his gun, finds out that this woman that he accuses is just a girl that broke up with her boyfriend. Oh yeah, the poor nurse that's getting fucking harassed. And then he figures out because the Wall Street guy left and actually switched his seat, he figures out that the actual witness is a teenage girl yeah. that was li- was reading the Scarlet Pimpernel for some reason. Uh, the Scarlet Letter. Dude, somebody was just, honestly, somebody was just looking at their kid's high school reading list, summer reading list, while they wrote this movie. Because all those books were, like, in high school. Yeah, well, you know, I, I've never read any of those books. How, how well did you do in high school? I graduated. <laughs> well, that's all that matters. Yeah, they're not assigned in the Scarlet Letter in all boys Catholic school. C's get degrees, dude. That's right. So that's horrible. Stay in school. <laughs> so don't tell Owen that. He he's listening. He needs to go to school. Oh yeah, we got him. He's good. 
<laughs> hey, look at that. So, uh, yeah, so apparently he finds out it's this teenage girl. Liam Neeson becomes a hero. Uh, again, he's redeemed. <laughs> no, 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 he... not yet, not yet. So they have to get the car detached. And this is when this movie turns into a fucking comedy like. Well, no, show. this is, I mean, this is another Mission Impossible scene. So they go to fucking release it, but somehow a chain gets stuck. So instead of. So no, you... no, and then he looks at the two conductors. The one conductor's like, yeah, I'll help you. And the other one's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to do that. And then he's like, okay, I'll do it. This is when it turns into a fucking comedy show. And then he fucking. Instead of using the axe to cut the train, like the, the chain, chain from the car that he's on, he has to jump on the car that he's going to detach. Which made no sense. And then he can't do it. He needs help. So then the actual conductor jumps over. These are like two 55 to 60 year old men. Yeah, jumping across. Jumping across. Not a small gap while this train's moving. In real life, they'd be dead and everyone would die. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. They get it cut, right? And then Liam Neeson jumps back over, but then the the conductor is dead. Yeah, the conductor sacrificed himself. He pulled, of course, the only minority in this movie, like the main minority in this movie, kills himself Holy to save shit, the white Everyone man. else on this train is white. No, no, because there's the Latina woman, and then I'm pretty sure the uh, the girl that's the witness is Latina, and then no, the girl that's uh, the witness is very light skinned. The Indian doctor from Bird Box. Oh, okay. All right, you're right. You're right. Yeah, and they are going up to like Westchester, so uh, it makes sense. They are going to like Westchester. Uh, well, the Latino nurse is probably headed to Spring Valley, but uh, it's besides the point. So now at this point, they're in a car, and Liam is like, "Brace yourself!" And this train fucking derails. Is if this happens in real life, this is the story on the news for for days. Dude, this movie turns into Unbreakable. Is in this train accident? is insane okay well, this I is where they spent all the money on this movie by the way it's actually it looks really cool but you're like well fuck they're all dead do you remember that one year where there were two denzel washington train movies no he was just an unstoppable he was in stop unstoppable and he was also on the taking of pelham one two three well at least he wasn't on the train in that movie okay, yeah but it's still two train movies that involved him i'm pretty sure this year when the commuter came out, there was also another competing train movie. That tra- oh, we're gonna more, have to look that up. But the I think or on top more, of Denzel, Murder on the Orient Express could have been the same year. They were directed. They were both directed by Tony Scott too. I'm pretty sure they were. On There's the same no way year. Tony Scott and Denzel went all in on trains that same year. I'm pretty sure they did, dude. I'm looking it up as we talk. Yeah, but like, yeah, I'm pretty sure Orient uh, uh, Murder on the Orient Express also came out in this movie when this movie came out. So there was two competing train movies. Yeah, but Murder on the Orient Express is different. I'm a big fan of train movies. Are I found you? out. Yeah, I am now. Because this movie was pretty great. Uh, the movies so, came out a year apart. Which ones? Unstoppable and Taking a Pelican. But that's incredible that Denzel went all in on train movies. Yeah, Owen. Yeah. Well, Denzel and Tony Scott work together a lot. Tony Scott... Tony Scott's super underrated, by the way. Anyway, he's better than his brother. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, this train derails. And when it, after it derails, everyone... Owen. Everyone knows 
that like that the somebody's trying to kill this young girl. So Liam Neeson, instead of letting everybody get off the train, makes them take newspapers that are on there and stick them to the windows. Yeah, I didn't get this part. And it's now a hostage situation. It is a hostage situation. And Patrick Wilson shows up and Sam Neill shows up and all these like snipers show up to try to take this guy out. And of course, Patrick Wilson is like, I'm going to go on the train. Yeah, they send them in. This is why I thought Sam Neill was the bad person. Well, this is where it makes no sense. So Patrick Wilson gets on the train and he tries to talk some sense into him. He's like, listen, they're going to take you in, whatever. And then finally, Liam Neeson figures out that Patrick Wilson is the one that's like in on this. Yeah, he deduces it. And at this point, Patrick Wilson, with nine witnesses, is just like, he beats the shit out of Liam Neeson. And, he's, and he admits to everything. Keep in mind, he doesn't have to do this. And then he's like, where's the girl? I'm killing the girl. Nobody. You got to kill everybody. Yeah, he was going to murder everyone. You have to murder everyone. Because everyone knows. Yeah. Everyone knows. This is where it doesn't make sense. Everyone knows. You're, you have to kill. Like, they're all, they all have to die. And I, they all band together. And Liam Neeson. Uh, so they show the snipers from here. And uh, that are trying to shoot the plane uh, into the train. Whoa. Yeah. And the, the snipers are like, <laughs> it's fucking incredible. Actually. And the, the good guy is they see with the heat the thing, they see he's blue, which is Patrick Wilson, and everybody else. Because he's wearing, like, a special thing, like a special machine. So they're brawling, and then the snipers finally take a shot, and Liam Neeson, and Patrick Wilson gets shot. Yeah. Because Liam Neeson <laughs> knew what they were doing, so he switched whatever device they were using. Because whatever Liam device they were using. Genius. And made himself look like the blue person in their eyes. Yeah. Liam Neeson pulls up. Dude, he was just like that one guy. He was just like Triple X. He was just like Triple X. Liam Neeson might be Triple X. Hey, buddy, can we uh, can we take a break for our sponsors? And I will uh, call you back. Yeah, no problem. Right, Welcome back, buddy. Oh, thanks. Uh, no, I said uh, we need to take a break for our sponsors. I'm not entirely sure if we went back to having sponsors this week. I have to get that organized. Yeah, let's have this discussion on air. Uh, Just letting you know, man. Thank you. So where were we? Uh, so Patrick, Patrick Wilson's head gets blown off. Patrick Wilson gets shot because he's part of it. Yeah, he becomes part of the Conjuring. <laughs> well, he was teamed up with the, the Conjuring lady. It'd be good if they were the same characters. Oh, that would have been great. They were using their, ghost. Their ghost hunting business was going under, so they needed money in another way. <laughs> that's how they got it so they joined this giant conspiracy so they use magic mm-hmm. oh here we go if, you, if there was magic in this movie you would have loved it uh, this was a train towards Hogwarts oh the commuter but on the Hogwarts train that would have been great yes there's a fucking muggle on the train you gotta find <laughs> there's a troll on this train <laughs> <laughs> Um, did you see the thing in the like Rowling must be bored with like, add shit to Harry Potter sometimes. And she's like, oh yeah, um, when Hogwarts first existed, wizards didn't use bathrooms. They used to shit on the ground and then make it disappear with their magic powers. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that either. Just like That makes sense though. That's like when she was like, after everything was done, she's like, oh yeah, Dumbledore was gay. I didn't tell anybody. Yeah, but like, that's like more of a plot twist than <laughs> yeah, there was no toilets. 
She just adds random shit, man. I'm, she's got nothing else to do. It's not like she's ever going to write another book. She's not going to write another book as good as this. I, I don't think there's any other... Like, what else has she written? Nothing. I don't know. Exactly. A space book? J.K. Rowling? A fraud. <laughs> you think she's a fraud? We're an anti-J.K. Rowling podcast here. We're also anti-racially motivated revenge. That's right. Correct. We just like regular revenge. <laughs> Honestly, this could maybe he was just pitching a new movie. That sounds like a movie he would be into. <laughs> no. That sounds like a movie he would make. Liam Neeson stars in MAGA. Oh, no. <laughs> He's uh, super punching. Oh, my God. It's at a Trump rally. <laughs> okay, so... What happened? Um, oh, so yeah, Patrick Patrick Wilson gets shot. Then Liam Neeson comes out. Oh, whoa. Before Patrick Wilson gets shot, he goes, who's praying? Who's praying? And everybody does like a captain, oh, my captain. Oh, they do. I am Spartacus. Spartacus. Yeah, they all stand up and team up with Liam Neeson. That's right. I forgot about that. Except that one piece of, piece of shit kid that goes, no, I'm not praying. In this tense scene, they really felt like they needed com- the only moment of comedic relief in the movie. Dude, there was no comedy in this whole movie until the end. In that part, yeah, it's ridiculous. So, Lee Meeson, uh, Patrick Wilson gets shot, Lee Meeson comes out, and then Sam Neill comes over and tells him, we need more men like you. And I guess Sam Neill, so that, <laughs> Neill that cu- that cut- turns out to be the good guy? So Sam Neill's a good guy, and that cut, they're in Chicago? Yeah, I don't know any commuter trains that go from New York to Chicago. And then I guess they're in Chicago, and you see uh, Vera Farmiga sitting on the train, and uh, up walks uh, Liam Neeson, and he sits down across from her, and he starts having a conversation like she would have had, and she tries to play dumb, and then he goes, but only one little thing is going to happen. And then he busts out an NYPD badge. In a train in Chicago. He doesn't have jurisdiction of this. First of all, he doesn't have jurisdiction. Second of all, He's still commit like you're still going to jail for everything that happened on that train. Yeah, and I, I guess he was under duress. He did murder, murder like three people. There's a murder that can't be accounted for. There's a murder that you have to admit that you did, and no one can prove that the guy is a bad guy. You're, and he you're derailed in, the train. You're not becoming a cop again. At the very least, you're you're spending time in jail under house arrest. Going through the legal process, you're you're never you're never becoming a cop. How many people do you think died in that derailment? In like Tarrytown, New York. Um, yeah, there's gonna be a, a few more headless horsemen running around up there. <laughs> you think like a train ran into fucking the? Uh, you think a train ran into the fucking Cooperstown, <laughs> the baseball hall of frame? It's Jesus. There, it, that train derailment looked like it. It 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 was like a nine eleven type like explosion. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah, it was it was it was insane. Uh, but yeah, there, there's no way this sixty year old man becomes a cop again. I don't care that he's a six seven. Yeah, island. does he have to take? Does he have to take an ex- entrance exam? Is he back in? How much is this cop making that he doesn't have any money problems anymore? Yeah, so now I guess he left being a cop because he had money problems, and now he went back to being a cop. I don't. It doesn't make, I don't it make sense. It was a dumb ending. I like this movie. The ending, good... the ending bothered me. You like this movie? I did. 
It was okay. I don't think I'd ever watch it again. So the flaws with this movie were, like, the rest of the train should have been littered with, like, people that you would, like, know from, like, TV or other movies. You need character actors in this movie. You don't need fucking... They basically hired extras. I need Will Sasso, Frank Kellyendo. You just want people doing impressions. Yeah, I want I want Mad TV cast. I want Bobby Lee. You want Frank Kellyendo acting like John Madden. I want train. Will Sasso acting like Kenny Rogers. Artie Lang just doing drugs in the back of the trade. <laughs> yes. I just I want be Artie Lang. And I want uh I'm, yeah, Bobby Lee to be Connie Chung. I'm fine with this this train being um filled with the rest of the Mad TV cast. Uh Jordan Michael Keel Kim Peel. <laughs> No, because the fucking new Predator movie ruined me from Key and Peele. Because fucking, what was it? It's not Jordan Peele. Keegan-Michael Key is just in there making your mama jokes. Uh, and are he- you excited about uh, The Twilight Zone? Sure, I'll watch it. I like the original Twilight Peele? Zone. I have to get CBS All Access. Sure, I guess, I guess I'll watch it. But um, yeah, so that's The Commuter. From 2017. And um, I'm going to give it a. What I hate. I'm going to 2.5 this week man. You're at 2.5? Yeah I'm way down. I'm at like a 3. Like if I was hung over laying on the couch. On a Sunday. And this movie came on. I'm loving life. Oh this is a TNT movie. This is 1000% a TNT movie. Which is something we're running out of. There's not enough TNT movies. No, there isn't. There, I can only watch The Fucking Fugitive yeah, <laughs> so much. Yeah. Do you know how many times I could be hungover watching Armageddon in my life? A lot. Yeah, and I think I've already maxed out. Wait, is that Armageddon's your hangover movie? Armageddon's a great hangover movie. Dude, The Fugitive is my hangover movie. Oh, we're going to have to we're going to have to think about this. That's a good movie to watch that's, hungover. That's a good topic. Yeah. Wow. Hangover movies. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in on this. Um, so, uh, would you like me to reveal next week's movie? Yes, I'm on pins and needles. I'm sorry. I'm on pins and needles right now. I thought you said you were in the needles, and I was like, we talked about fucking Sam Neil. What are you talking about? I do love Sam Neil. So, uh, this movie is a sequel. Okay. I know for a fact that you and I both love the original. Okay. We're going to go on Amazon Prime this week and you're going to watch Escape Plan 2 colon Hades. Yes! Yes! Starring Sylvester Stallone and Dave Bautista. It can't be good. The, it's at, on Amazon Prime, the star rating is 3.8 out of 10. I am is so this, excited to watch this movie. Is this another Sam Neill movie? Because Sam Neill is an Escape Plan. Now, it's got this, now, in this movie, I know for a fact that the I don't know what the prison was called in the first movie, but the prison in this movie is called Hades. Uh, is Curtis Jackson in this movie? I don't know. I very. Oh, I was looking for a movie to recommend, and I had ideas. And just so the audience knows, a a uh, eventual episode will be the film Corky Romano once it gets on streaming for free. I'm not making you pay to watch that. That movie's never coming on streaming for free. You never know. God, I hope not. That movie sucks. That movie has Chris Penn and Peter Falk in it. Anyway. Uh, 
No, you already know what's coming in two weeks, and I'm very excited about it. We'll, we'll talk about it when we get there. For next week, <laughs> we are going to talk about Escape Plan 2. They couldn't get Schwarzenegger back. Let's hope they got Vincent D'Onofrio out of that uh, container that they put him in at the end of the first movie. That movie was great. The Escape Plan? Escape Plan <laughs> is great. We can talk about that a little bit next week. That's such a good movie. I might have to rewatch that one. I'm going to have to watch both of them. Double feature. Wait. Does the girl from The Office come back? These are all great questions. She could be married with Michael Scott at this point and not be in the film. But yeah, I, <laughs> I, once I found this movie, and I'm a big Dave Bautista fan in like real life, beyond his wrestling fucking, um, he, he plays Drax, and then on social media, he's just like, fuck everybody that sucks. I just realized, I watched two Dave Bautista movies in the theaters last year. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2... And Hotel Artemis. Ooh, that's the one I didn't see, and I wanted to. It was, it was something. It looked a like, lot like that movie where Jeremy Piven was the guy that was going to be killed, and all the fucking assassins were coming after him. I don't remember that movie. Oh man, it's dueling aces or sm- smoking aces? Smoking aces. Smoking aces. I think you told me that when I said I was going to go watch Hotel that, Artemis. Look, you've never seen Smoking Aces. That Hotel Artemis was also the second Charlie Kelly bad guy movie I watched that year. Whoa, spoilers, spoilers. spoilers. No. <laughs> no, he's not the bad guy in the movie. He just plays the bad guy in the movie. Spoilers for other films. Oh, come on. You think nobody knows what I'm talking about. That's right. He's the bad guy in that movie with Ice Cube. He kills him. Uh, he's, the king of, he's king of monsters. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I'm excited to watch that film. It'll probably be early next week that we record that one, and I will yeah. get this one. This one will be up uh, when you listen to it, which will most likely be on Tuesday at some point. All right, sounds good. Uh, always a pleasure, right, buddy. buddy. As always, as always. Uh, let's not, you know. Again, I just want to reiterate: we disavow racially motivated revenge. Yes, just regular revenge is what we like. Yeah, or revenge against like aliens and stuff like that. He was basically a racist Charles Bronson. Uh, Charles Ro- Bronson was a racist Charles Bronson. I've never actually seen any of those movies. Oh, dude, those movies are racist as fuck. Death Wish? Yeah. Was the new one racist as fuck? Uh, the new one had Bruce Willis sleeping through that whole movie. Oh, so every Bruce Willis movie after Pulp Fiction? Oh, pretty much. Uh, Moonrise Kingdom, he wasn't sleeping in it. I guess. Yeah, but those Moonrise Kingdom movies, those uh, Wes Anderson movies are just filled with enough, like, whimsy where everyone's just living off that. Yeah, I mean, those are movies that make Willem Dafoe look like a young imp. imp. A young what? Imp. Jesus. A, a precocious young lad. Uh, now, excuse me, I have to go listen to all David Bowie songs in Portuguese now. <laughs> okay, bye. Later. PG Rated, part of the Kayfabe Only Brother Podcast Network.